0: Hello. Welcome back to the Quack Report. I'm here with Nate Thomas. How are you today? Not too bad yourself. Not too bad. So, pretty good uh pretty good game the other night, hey? I'd say it was. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean,
1: turned out in our favor, which was great, but That's always nice. Yeah, for even as kind of I wouldn't say slow, but maybe uneventful. Yeah, as un- it was, like it was still a good game. Yeah. So, it's it's I don't know, it's kind of an odd one, I guess, in that way. Mm-hmm. So, like it was yeah, like like I said uneventful, but you enjoyed it at the same time, which yeah. doesn't really happen. So yeah,
0: this is probably going to be one of the quickest um, game recaps, I guess, that uh, we do. Um, even with overtime and a shootout. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, like you said, it was just kind of uneventful. Like there was some okay chances on on either end. There was a few really great chances that we'll actually talk about. But yeah, besides that, not not a whole lot of action. I would say.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much like the only things that actually happened were the things that actually matter towards the outcome of the game yeah. if that makes
0: sense like so like goals I yeah guess. pretty yeah. much um well let's just get right into it then um so the Ottawa Senators or no so we were in Ottawa to face the senators we beat them three to two in a shootout Woo. uh our, our predictions weren't too bad I predicted a four one win for the ducks you predicted a four two win for the ducks so you, only one goal off just one goal <laughs> I mean technically two since um the the third goal isn't really a goal. I guess, yeah. Yeah. If you want to be picky. <laughs> Gotta <I> hate shootouts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, over overall we both predicted wins, so we were correct there. You Woo! predicted four two. Only high five. Off, only off by one. There I'll give go. you that one. That was a really sad high five. That was, but we're not gonna redo it because I'm
1: not falling into the typical white person thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of redoing high yeah. fives. Yeah. No, we we messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it again. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. You just we just sit with the feeling of we we did terribly.
0: Yeah, so. and we'll, we'll just do better next time. Yeah, exactly. It's how I imagine the ducks play. Sometimes they like yeah. get absolutely shat on by a team, and then they're <laughs> like, well, you know what? "We're just going to play better next time." And yeah. you know what? They do. Typically do. Yeah. So As our next high five is going to be Arizona. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually though. It's game Not, division I think, rivals. I
1: was going to say, what's this? I know we just talked about the Arizona game last episode. It was last episode right or two yeah, episodes? No, it was, uh, last episode. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, was the season series? It's two one in favor of Anaheim now. I think. I think so. It might be
0: three one. Ah, uh, no, no, I, no, mean, I don't we've think we played, played them that games. much. Yeah, I think it's uh, two one now. Yeah,
1: because they're it's that Central versus Pacific for divisions at least. So, um, no, no,
0: Arizona's in Pacific.
1: Oh right, they're going to be moving. to They the will central. be in the Central. Yeah, yeah. i yeah. bad. I'm, I'm already thinking two years down the
0: road. Yeah. <laughs> You just but, can't wait for that Seattle expansion, hey? Yeah.
1: Because then in the NHL games, you'll have a 33rd team expansion draft. Not for the, 32nd oh, for the team. franchise mode? Yeah, for the yeah. franchise mode. <laughs> I did, that's uh, just going
0: to mess everything up. There's going to be way too many it teams. It really
1: is, yeah. But um, No, actually, that's probably one of my favorite modes on there, actually, is that they've introduced in the last couple of years, just to kind of go away from this game a little bit, I guess, as you're searching stuff up. Um, just that, uh, that ability to have like that 32nd team for the expansion. And like, you don't even have to play as them, right? Like I started one recently that I did make a Seattle team. Uh, I called it the Seattle Grizzlies. And then everybody was talking about like uh, the colors and that sort of thing. So like, I tried to make it like somewhat realistic and it was like, Oh, there's the talk of like the blue and green, but you have Vancouver just to the North of them. Right. So you got to kind of tweak it up. So I made it like the, Pretty similar, I guess, to the Seahawks colors of like the neon green and like the navy blue. Oh, um, yeah. But then I made the green like the primary color on the home jersey and uh, a lot more white, I guess, than you would have the navy. So mm. um turned out pretty well, I thought. But then, yeah, so like then I had that team made, but then I took control of Calgary instead. So it was just to have the 32-team league. So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah that's, that's been one of my favorite things, actually, because you can kind of still have some fun with like the creative team and that sort of thing like there's actually um like use for it besides like just going on play now yeah so which oh my god okay do you remember a couple years ago with uh what was the team that we made that we played with our buddy Um, uh
0: i think it was the fuck arounders (laughs) yeah the fuck arounders oh man
1: like we just we said uh it was just for a season wasn't it yeah yeah, we did a whole and, season. But we, we played all eighty like we played all eighty-two games of it. <laughs> and like like had, just five minute periods, of course. Yeah, five yeah. minute periods, but had the settings like completely in our favor to the point that like you would just like like just lightly skate into another player and they would fly. Yeah. And it would be like
0: you laid the biggest check in like NHL history on yeah. them. Shots were like you could take the most muffin of a shot and it would go it would be like a slap shot. Yeah, like a exactly. Weber bomb from didn't, like point blank range. Didn't
1: but, we somehow have it that we played the, like we made like a really crap team of like 32 overalls. Didn't we have it that we could play them for every game? Or yeah. Or did we play the NHL teams? I don't remember.
0: Uh, we did have a season where we played the NHL teams, but we also picked like the worst players and just absolutely yeah. lit them up. But
1: oh, like, no, we made those players. We didn't, we didn't oh, that's pick them. Right. We yeah, made yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. And like we gave them, oh, like the jerseys. Oh my God. Can we talk about those jerseys for a second? <laughs> So, like, for the team, like, the bad team that we made, it was essentially, like, think of, like, Shrek, the color of his vest, and the color of his skin. That was these jerseys. <laughs> and what, what was the logo that we gave him? Wasn't it, like, the hamburger or something like Yeah, that? that's what it was, yeah.
0: And then... I think we also gave him pylon logos, too. Oh, yeah, but right. That was the, their alternate. We yeah, gave that was pylons. the alternate. They were,
1: <laughs> they were orange and white jerseys that looked like pylons. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man, I remember those scores. They were always, like, we, 104 we them, to, yeah. like, 1. Like, we would, like the goal... Like somehow they would manage to get one goal. but Exactly. <laughs> this game wasn't quite like that though. Um, no. Yeah. A little bit more respectable in terms of uh, goaltender numbers. <laughs> I can't believe we tied this back. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> we managed to do it though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in net for the Sens was Hogberg. Uh, I'm forgetting his uh, first name here. But Hogberg sure. uh, who's uh, I guess kind of taken over the starting role a little bit from Anderson. Maybe more of a tandem situation there. Yeah. I think it's a Maybe a bit more of a tandem.
1: Someone can correct me on this one, but I think it's a lot more of like bringing the fresh blood, especially mm-hmm. with uh, Nelson out at the moment. So,
0: yeah. And he faced 28 shots, stopped 26 of them for a 929 save percentage. We obviously had Gibson in net. He faced 32 shots, stopped 30 of them for a 938 save percentage. Uh, it's Marcus. Marcus Hogberg? Marcus yeah. Hogberg. Uh, I just realized I have my phone open and. The reason you went on that tangent was because I was looking up stuff. The season series with the Coyotes was two to two. Oh right! So we won the first one, they won the next two, and then we won the most recent one.
1: Now we are jumping all over on this
0: on this episode. Yeah, this is a mess. I, I hope
1: everybody's like kind of following. <laughs> we need to release
0: like some sort of some sort of outline on our, yeah. our Twitter or something. Be like, this is how you follow along to our show. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, really quickly though, I just want to talk about Hogberg actually. And just how kind of beneficial almost that he's been to Ottawa, even though they aren't great in the standings. The guy's young. He's 25, but he's a big dude as well. Just like taking a look at it, like him physically for a moment, six, five, two Oh nine. That's, pff, that's like, that's a big good. dude. That's big dude. Even for a goalie. Cause like typically your goalies around like six, two, six, three, is kind of the average um in 14 games this year he's two three and seven the big number that stands out to me well i guess sorry before i get into that he's 209 and uh, virgo is against in a 912 save percentage so i mean those two numbers are great considering where ottawa is in the standings and for how many games he's played but also the big number that shows to me is that seven overtime uh overtime losses i guess while like while that is a loss to me, it's showing that he's still a guy that's able to back his team. Keep you in
0: games for as long as exactly, you can. And yeah.
1: still, like, yeah, that's seven losses, but that's also seven overtime losses, which equals seven points in the standings. Yeah,
0: that's seven points that Ottawa maybe shouldn't even have. That's three and a half wins. Yeah. Right in,
1: when, you're, like, you compare it to like actual win points right which at the
0: state that ottawa's in you you should be pretty mad at hogberg like you don't want those extra yeah (laughs) seven points you want to keep tanking so but
1: like so like i take a look at that and so yeah sure like the win loss itself isn't the greatest like if you're if you remove overtime loss and just make it a loss he's two and ten but like with the team in front of him and having that overtime point right like that looks really good for the future for when Ottawa really does have their shit together. Actually has like a solid defense group and an offense group that can actually put the puck in there on the other side and keep it in, keep it to the other side instead of always in their end. So just something I wanted to talk about quick, actually.
0: Yeah. So to carry on with this game here, in the first period, uh, pretty early on, actually, just a few minutes in, uh, Sam Steele gets a double minor for high sticking. Steele. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> don't worry, he'll make up for it later. Make up for yeah, it. Don't worry. Good. And uh, on the ensuing power play for Ottawa, Kachuk manages to tip one in front of the net, goes right off the the bar, but that that was really the only highlight for the power play there, uh, at least this power play. So, yeah, uh, managed to kill off two double minors, which is huge for early on in this game. Yeah, for sure. About halfway through the period, Ricard Raquel uses his speed to beat the Ottawa defender to the puck after a dump and chase. After a couple of quick passes, Nick Ritchie manages to tip one in right in front of the net. That is Ritchie's fifth goal of the season, and assists go to Lindholm and Raquel on this one. I
1: know Lindholm scored in the last episode that we were talking about, and it was just that bomb from... Uh, the blue line of just like keeping it in there Obviously that goal was Or that like that goal that Lindholm had scored In the last episode I don't think was supposed to necessarily go in right? he, he was looking it, for the tip Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. shooting at the net for like rebounds or tips Or that sort of thing And I think Lindholm like really showed it here right He's just putting it on net And uh, and Richie was able to get get a stick on it So yeah it's definitely something that I've I've been noticing a lot more actually From, uh, uh, from Lindholm himself yeah, it really it
0: really shows in the stat column. Uh, we'll give you guys the uh, monthly uh, points totals for for Anaheim in a bit here, and yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk more about that because yeah. one, once you see kind of where he is and how quietly he's he's worked his way up the standings, it definitely shows uh, on the on the shot board as well as just what you observed there. So, with a couple minutes to go in the first period here, Ottawa picks off a pass and Kachuk goes top shelf all alone to score. However, uh, the puck did briefly exit the zone um, and was sent back in by a Sens player, so the goal is called back. So the Ducks go into the second period up one to nothing. So a little bit of a lucky break for them there.
1: Yeah, it was. I actually didn't notice it really until because yeah, it's just like that split second, and I guess the camera side was—I uh, don't remember who the Ottawa player was that picked it up that sent it in offside, but like his back is facing you um so yeah you couldn't really tell at least until i saw the the replay of it and it's like yeah like one or two pucks wide i guess over the line or that and like once you see it you're like okay let's really hope that the nhl rest are actually gonna call this one because if not oh my god
0: yeah no this is exactly what the rule was brought in for so i'm glad that they caught it and um That we didn't have any controversy on that it it was obvious and they made the right call so yeah and way to go on on Dallas
1: Eakins as well to pick that up right away yeah uh, yeah for sure with the video team and uh, make that challenge
0: yeah definitely so moving on to the second period here the one goal lead doesn't last forever obviously Uh, Ottawa manages to score on the power play Drake Batherson gets the puck freezes the Anaheim defenseman and just goes top shelf on John Gibson to tie the game up one-to-one I don't want to Toot the horn of the opposing team too much, but man, that was a nice, smart play by by Drake Batherson. Uh, considering how young he is, too, like you can tell in a couple years, he's going to be deadly with a hockey IQ like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like even the way he was patient with the puck and taking that shot is, yeah, like an IQ that's well above his age. Um, and that wasn't really on a young defenseman either. That was on Cam Fowler. Mm-hmm. And like Fowler in my opinion played that perfectly as well. Like I, I don't blame him or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, that was just more Bathurston just outweighing Fowler and kind of out IQing him essentially. And uh yeah, no, that like I saw that goal and I was like,
0: Wow. Yeah. All right. And then uses that that quick release as well to just go high glove side on Gibson. Yeah. High glove. High blocker, I think it was. I don't remember. Yeah, it'd been high blocker. Uh, Later on in the second period, the Ducks again use their speed to get into the offensive zone on a dump and chase. Sam Steele manages to pick off a short pass. Um, I should mention Ottawa got to the puck first, but uh, Steele, with his speed, got into a good position to to pick off that short pass. He just kind of sends it to the front of the net. I believe it was Andre Kasha picks it up and then sends it back the opposite way to Jones. And uh, unfortunately, this puck goes just wide. Really nice play, though. But Kasha, as a... As a good young hockey player, and uh, as I'm sure Dallas Eakins would love, keeps going to the net, goes even behind the net to pick up the puck and just manages to put one over the pad of Hogberg there to put the Ducks up two to one. Yeah,
1: that initial play was really nice, and I was really disappointed we didn't score on it. But, you know, they made up for it like, what, three seconds later by, that, by yeah. putting it in, so it uh, it made it worth it. But, yeah, no, like, like that initial play was great, and uh yeah, the effort by Kasha to pick that puck up still, right? Like not let up on it. Um yeah, that's great to see. And yeah, like you said, I'm sure Eakins was happy to see that too. So
0: yeah, for sure. That was Kasha's seventh goal of the season and assists on that one go to Jones and Steele, as we talked about. So Woo. Uh moving on to the third period here, going into it up two to one. Ottawa's on the power play again, kinda near the start of the period. The Sens are just kind of battling away. Holzer ends up in the Anaheim net and he manages to somehow keep it out. I I still have no idea how, but I mean, he was in the net. Like, it's yeah. not <laughs> like he was playing goal. He was in the net and he still managed to keep it out. So, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I have no clue either. Uh, all I know is that if I'm John Gibson, I'm probably buying him a stake after. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Sens uh, do manage to. Keep the keep the pressure. Uh, actually, I think this was just a few seconds after they they bring it back in because the puck was kind of cleared after Anisimov tips in a centering pass to tie the game up at two to two. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, Holzer's effort was lost a little bit there. But I mean, it could have also been worse. So yeah, it could have been three to at that point. Yeah, right? never know. The Ducks get a power play kind of in the second half of the period. Uh, they show some nice movement there, but unfortunately can't capitalize. And the Sens come close to tying it at the end of the period, but can't make it happen. So two to two. That means we go to overtime. What's
1: well, probably what's well, one of the three things I guess that I've been pounding into the grave essentially for like the last three weeks. Let's say that the Ducks have been doing great. Movement on their power play. There you go. And they did it again. They That's did. all I'm going to say about it this week. Okay. Or this episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so in overtime, the Ducks get possession first, which as everybody knows, is huge in three-on-three. Three. Kasha shows a huge burst of speed, but he can't beat the last Sins D-man. He had some really nice moves there, doing the, well, I don't know what so to call it, like the, the, the John Tavares <laughs> yeah. like stick thing. You know, he did it three times on the yeah. same player and then scored. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did that a couple times and then just couldn't beat the last guy. But man, if he would have scored that, that would have been highlight well, reel for sure. Yeah. Three-on-two for the Ducks as well. They make couple quick passes and unfortunately just ring it off the post then really for the rest of overtime the teams just trade uh, two on ones and no one can score that's the great thing is as soon as your, I guess your matchups kind of get separated it then you just get two on one one on one yeah. breakaway two on one but it's just back and forth and back and forth and it does
1: become like some of the teams are just like tired at that point right because you only have you're only running two lines for three on three, right? You're not running like four lines of yeah, three groups.
0: So. Yeah, sometimes three if you can really split up your top yeah six and but maybe get a depth guy in. But you don't see many teams
1: doing that. Like I don't know. even see Edmonton doing that unless you know otherwise.
0: I don't think very, Toronto very really does it. Toronto like I'm, I'm just trying to it, think yeah. of like
1: powerhouse forward groups. I mean, who else? I, th- I
0: think Colorado might be the only one that could really that do can it. really do it because McKinnon can maybe play with Dallas, anybody. I
1: yeah. So, because you have um, like um,
0: Sagan, Sagan, Ben, ben. Gradulov. I mean, you can split those three guys up, put anyone with them, and you'll be deadly. But yeah, yeah they maybe, maybe there's some Perry, big powerhouses in the, in the Central that could maybe do it too. Yeah,
1: whatever. Winni- or not oh, Winnipeg. Sorry, uh, Chicago maybe still could. Oh, definitely. So yeah, it's just kind of an older group, I guess. Maybe at this point now that like is injecting some young blood. So yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, they can still play with those old guys. So yep. but yeah, like you said, it's just it's just nonstop once it opens up yeah. there. So
1: I like how we're calling
0: like Jonathan
1: Taves old.
0: I mean, he's old for an NHL player. <laughs> when did
1: this happen? <laughs> when did Jonathan Taves become old? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it uh, makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so let's move on to the shootout here. It was it's pretty quick, so it won't take too much time. Kasha goes first for the Anaheim Ducks. He decides to go backhand and just goes top shelf in tight on Hogberg. So, oh my
1: God, this was a move. Yeah, you could tell that Kasha was feeling it tonight. <laughs> yep. like
0: he had chance after chance. I mean, he got a goal He's in been the feeling shootout, the last couple of a goal games. in the game. Oh, for sure. I think the uh, all-star break has been really nice to Kasha. Yep. On the other side here of the first round... Drake Batherson is up first for Ottawa, and John Gibson goes with the old school poke check to deny that chance. Looked great, yeah. As a
1: uh, as a Flames fan, I was waiting for a uh, uh, a Riddick salute and a stick toss, but I also remembered it was only round one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, I saw it, and I'm like, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah.
0: In the second round, Silverberg is going next for the Ducks. He elects for the shot and goes just wide, so no cigar for him. Anthony Duclair also decides to go for the shot on the bottom half of the second round. Uh, That is stopped by Gibson. He just stands his ground, doesn't bite on any moves that Duclair makes. And in the third round, Ricard Raquel... Starts by going wide and then just waits out Hogberg to quickly shoot at five holes. So really uh, smart and patient play by Raquel.
1: I actually didn't think Raquel had this at first until I saw the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, like I thought it was. I was like, okay, we're going around four because like he's out. He's waited too long almost. Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, no. And then you see the you see the replay on like the side that he does shoot at, and you like you see that opening, and you are like, ooh, that was good.
0: Yeah, just just waited him out until he saw that hole. and then, Yeah, That yeah, made him pay so. Yeah, uh, overall, pretty good game. Like we said off the top, a uh, little bit uneventful, but yeah, it was it was still really good to watch, and nothing to complain about really for the Ducks. Just uh, yeah. just a lot of good plays. The only only thing I'm going to complain about is that they gave Ottawa five power plays, and let in two goals on the power play. It's debatable whether or not those were avoidable penalties. Trippings are hard to hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, I was
1: going to say on one hand, you're yeah, you're giving power plays to the other team. They scored on two of the five. The if you want to look on the bright side, though, Ottawa's only goals came on the power play with their special units. Nothing was
0: five on five. Yeah, they which, had some five on five chances. Yeah, they've had some. If they chances, would have capitalized, the power play would have gotten or the penalty kill sorry, would have gotten the brunt of the. I guess, force of the loss.
1: Yeah, but even, like, in the last little bit, that's something I've noticed, like, just, like, subtly, I guess, that the Ducks have improved on, actually, is a lot of their five-on-five five, uh, defense um, has been a lot better. So Yeah, definitely. All
0: right, well, let's move on to some news here. Um, first little bit uh, is pretty quick. The <laughs> Ducks, recalled. called... Um, Daniel Sprong from the AHL Gulls. He was scratched against Ottawa, so I'm guessing we'll see him uh, later probably on. Probably
1: soon. We have that Eastern trip. I guess we're in the middle of it now. but
0: Yeah, so I, I'm guessing they probably just didn't get him to Ottawa in time to, for the practice, so they didn't feel comfortable playing yeah. him. I'm sure we'll see him in the upcoming games we'll get to later, but because uh, otherwise I don't know why you'd call him up.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure cuz we don't really have any injuries or anything like that right now. Everybody's pretty healthy on this roster and
0: Yeah, and going, the, and this so. was before the Ottawa game as well, so Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, not sure, but um I mean, I know I said it last time and I thought he should have stayed up uh at the time even with only having the two points in the few games that he played. Um but Sprong needs to needs to again show why he should stay up. Cuz like, yeah, even with the two points, he was he was still a presence on the ice i felt so he just needs to i think he just needs to continue to show that and hopefully he'll be able to stay up so um otherwise i i almost want to say that cause i know like we we just got him recently wasn't it just last season that we got sprung but uh, i don't know i like i know it was more recent than you would think but um if he's not really being given a chance with the way he's been playing I honestly would like to see him moved just to have that chance if we're not going to give it to him. So because I feel like he's like, yes, he can do well at the A level, but um, I still feel like he can contribute in some way or another at the NHL level. I just want to see him actually be able to do
0: that. So, yeah, no, for sure. Next little piece of news here, something I saw on Reddit Um Uh, Let me just open the link so I can give credit to the user before I forget. It's from uh, user Hammer of Hisphysis. I love that name, actually. (laughs) Uh, This was on the Anaheim Ducks subreddit as well Uh, if you want to go find the link and uh, browse the comments for it as well. But basically the gist of this article, um, Anaheim Ducks GM Bob Murray was voted the most unreasonable GM by the NHLPA agents, not the not the players these are like the players agents so the people that actually have to kind of deal with him directly Uh, i I didn't really read the article um i I just kind of browsed it browsed some comments and um stuff like that so i'm not gonna tell you too much about it but um to me even just this headline says that bob murray might just be good at signing players to fair deals or won't overpay um it also means he doesn't or also might mean he undervalues his players. Which which one do you think is kind of the case here with Bob Murray based on what you know about him and his contract?
1: I'd say it's more like it's the signing players to fair deals um, and not leaning too heavily into what the players want in order to have them or that sort of thing. I don't know. You kind of have to find that line, I would feel, as a GM, right? And I think he does kind of find that line of like giving just a little bit maybe extra time, but not not that it's like super obvious, I guess if that makes sense. Um, like you take in my opinion, take a look at the roster and the cap situation that Anaheim has and there's not any like glaring contracts that I see that I'm like, oh, that could be better or that sort of thing whether they were signed in the last year or if they were signed a couple of years ago in the case of like Ryan Gesslaff. Um. yeah no I'd say it was just it's just because of that and you know agents always want their player to get the best value that they think and agents get a cut of that value as well so not only are they trying to get a contract for their player they're trying to get a little extra money for themselves and that sort of thing so um. yeah so it's like a quote unquote win because it's the agents not getting always what they want I guess so yeah. I'd say it's kind of a kind of a good thing I guess that you won this um, again, though, I'm not in any of those meetings. Maybe he is a really unreasonable guy, but you, you never know.
0: Yeah. Maybe the agents have to work harder to get fair deals for their players. Like, yeah. That could be. You, too. you do, really don't know. Um, I, I saw a comment on here or a few comments, really, about, um, this is kind of the way that Burke, uh, Brian Burke worked as well. Um, one of the guys that I guess kind of helped bring in Bob Murray, I guess, or coach him and how to run a team as a GM. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he was just kind of a, a a guy that was difficult to negotiate with. He was like, "This is the price. This is what I am willing to pay. There is not a lot of wiggle room here." Um, in my opinion, kind of an old school way of doing things, but obviously effective. Uh, Berkey, uh, I don't want to, what's the word? Gm'd, I guess. Yeah, managed. General yeah, man- managed. Managed. Yeah. Berkey managed. Uh, quite a few really good teams so he knows what he's doing and uh bob murray's definitely on the right track with this anaheim ducks team i think so yeah whatever he's doing it's working whether it makes him unreasonable or not well i mean really matter.
1: berkey did bring anaheim their only Stanley cup so far back in 2007 right and he made he made moves that made the team better after going as far as we did in 06 uh i believe it was the western finals was yes. it not yeah 17 yeah um and then yeah like figured out with his team like what they needed and that sort of thing like taking a listen to obviously it worked yeah exactly um but yeah so like and then like even kind of going forward like brian burke and other markets as well right he's seeming to get pretty close to i'd say the right deals for a lot of these players um like you said it is maybe an old school mentality of it i think it's evolved a little bit but like same thing as what i was saying with uh With Murray as well, you just have to kind of find that middle ground, right, of like getting the fair value, but also especially if you're trying to, say, entice a free agent, which maybe Murray hasn't done the greatest at, um, even with like when Anaheim was doing quite well, um, bringing in those guys of like, here, we'll give you that little bit extra just to entice you here. So maybe that's just something that needs to get fixed if Murray's picking that up from Burke or that sort of thing, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, but before we move on to the monthly points leaders, we just want to talk to you guys about CoolHockey.com. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. Quality is just as important to them as it is to you. That's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Cool Hockey Stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Reebok, and CCM and hand-stitches them in their 15,000 square foot state-of-the-art production facility in Toronto. So if you're Canadian, you can get your Canadian hockey jerseys, official Canadian attire. Since they don't outsource their jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality pricing and delivery time on all of their products. Cool
1: Hockey staff live and breathe hockey and it shows in their work. Find out why coolhockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. If you buy today, you can also get your first or next jersey from them for 30% off. This is the best deal that I've seen them offer so far. That's a good one. Uh, All you have to do is use the promo code FLASH. So that's F-L-A-S-H. Again, FLASH for 30% off your purchase of $219 or more. But again, hurry, this deal won't last long. And like I said, this is the best one that I've seen them offer uh, since I learned about their site. And remember as well, by using the link that we supply in our description, you can receive or we can receive, sorry, uh, commission off of each of the purchases that are made through the link. Uh, This helps us to make some dough, uh, which we can use for future giveaways or other things to make the crack report better for everyone. So be it microphones, uh, headphones, or that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, you know, be sure to use that uh, that link down there. Get your next uh, Ducks jersey. You can get that beautiful orange jersey that we we all love. Oh yes, and uh, help us at the same time uh, with the podcast.
0: Yeah, and I, I just did the the math on the thirty percent off. That gets you a jersey for just a little over one fifty. I believe is it Canadian? I didn't uh, no, a-
1: it's American pricing American. unless you change it.
0: Okay. But yeah, what just over one hundred and fifty American, which is pretty pretty close to like the price of a blank jersey. Yeah, that's but great. That, so that's with a, a name because I, I think the the Conor McDavid one is around two hundred and twenty. So thirty percent off that is just over one hundred and fifty. So let's move on to the monthly point leaders here. Let's uh let's start with goals. So topping the team in goals currently is Adam Henrique with seventeen. Yeah, nice. Sylverberg with fifteen. Raquel with thirteen. Uh, Getzlaff and Grant are tied with eleven. Do you wanna? Pause there and we'll talk about those guys. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not really surprised. Henrik, Silverberg, and Raquel, whether they've been playing together or apart on the, the top two lines, have been really unreal. So
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just going to talk about, I guess, kind of as a group, not anyone specifically. Um, on one hand, it's great to see how much the scoring is spread out. On the other hand, though, I'm a little disappointed by the fact that we are... Past the all star game at this point, we're coming up on trade deadline, which is like three quarters of the way through the season, and we don't have anybody at the 20 goal mark yet.
0: Yeah, that's like the only it, unfortunate it's, thing. It
1: yeah. is kind of concerning because it like, we really aren't putting up the goals that we should be, um, even in a rebuild stage, I would say. Yeah. So, like, you'd expect at least one guy to be at like 22, 23 goals at this point. So, but again, it is very spread out, like, the top three. Uh, if you go from, like, first to third, is only a four-goal difference, so...
0: Yeah. Um, one thing I do really like is seeing Getzlaff and Grant tied for the same amount of goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, just having Grant up there in the top five. I mean, his assists have been lacking. Um, yeah, he's not even on the top 10 for assists. But, like, still, to put in 11 goals as... What does he play? Third, fourth line usually. That, that, that's yeah. pretty good. You can't complain about that for sure. Yeah,
1: and we know that Grant Getzlaff is on the decline a little bit because age is a thing, unfortunately. Yeah. he makes up
0: for it with his assists as yeah. well.
1: <laughs> um, but even so, like Grant is playing... Like like with the age thing, it's not to say that Getzlaff isn't an effective player anymore. He definitely is. And that's where I find that it is uh, great to see Grant at that point with him, right? Because I'd say Getzlaff is... Uh, you want to say like 70 to 80% of like his prime, I would say, right? Like he's yep. again, he's still able to produce greatly. Um, and grants at that level already. So I know we joke about like the elite centerman, Derek grant, but he already is showing how he could be that at some point here in the next yeah. few years. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, so the next five um, leaders in goals for the team are cam Fowler with nine Kasha with seven, Brownie and Jones, both with six. And then Richie and Comtois are tied for that 10th spot with five each. So technically 11 for you there. Those guys have dealed with injuries or being sent down and called back up quite frequently. So I'm not surprised that their totals are lower. But I still like that they're producing when they can. Um, and and they're kind of in the same range as a consistent defensive defenseman who has nine goals. So Yeah, exactly. Which um, I'm surprised by Fowler as well. So.
1: Yeah, I am going to be the... Kind of devil's advocate to it and be a little negative with that though. uh The fact that we have like Max Comtois, who has been a call up and has been sent like back and forth a few times, and he's tied for that 10th spot, again, that's kind of showing that our offense really isn't there when someone who's not a full time player is in that top 10. Yeah. So it, it doesn't look good offensively, I guess, but it also shows that these guys are like knocking at the door like,
0: hey, I'm ready to go. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so moving on to assists here, this is where Getzlaff really makes up for um, his, I guess, declining goals production, if you even want to say that. Yeah. Um, he has 24 assists, currently leads the team by a considerable margin. Raquel is second uh, with 19. So is Lindholm, uh, sorry, as well. Uh, Fowler and Silverberg have 17 and 15 to round out the top five. Kasha also has 15. Sorry, I need to start looking ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steele has 14, Henrique with 10, Dell's with 8 and Richie with 7. Um yeah, having I know Lindholm was um was leading the team in assists uh, at the end of last month. So again, that, back to what you were talking about about taking those shots from the point, looking for those tips. Uh the fact that he's still top 3 is, is huge as a defenseman.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lindholm's been great at uh like helping to cycle the puck. And yeah, like I was talking about a little bit ago as well. Um, he's not necessarily looking for the goals, he's looking more to shoot the puck like at the goalie for a rebound or for someone to get a tip, right? Um like he's he's going more for the assist than he is for the goal. Which is smart. Uh, and just I really like, like give that. give the opportunity. So um yeah, definitely love seeing him uh, at that point, even with under uh twenty points in assists or twenty assists I guess. Um yeah, he's still definitely leading the way there, so
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Anything else that stands out to you on the top 10 for assists? Uh,
1: Not overly, just the fact that, uh, you know, you also have Fowler just below Linholm there. Uh, It shows that our defense definitely uh, contributes to the offense, uh, which is great to see, so.
0: For sure. Uh, So let's talk about the points real quick then. Getzlaff currently leads the team with 35 points. That's not surprising at all. Um, Raquel has 32, Silverberg with 30, Henrik 27, Fowler 26. Uh, that rounds out the top five there Uh, so really just the guys you see in the top five in goals and assists yeah exactly
1: Um, shows that they're definitely the guys that are kind of the core of this team at the moment and uh, still are able to put up points to kind of play devil's advocate again to myself I'd like to see at least one guy in the 40 point range by this point it'll happen in the next couple of weeks but uh, even in the rebuild stage, you'd you'd like that to be a little higher at the moment. So, but again, it's so close um, to it. Like the top five is only spread by nine points. So, um, it's just like production is spread throughout this team. So, I don't know. You ha- you have the benefits and the negatives, I guess, to having that. So,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, and then the last five to round out the top ten: Andre casher with twenty two, Lindholm twenty one. Steele with 18, Grant with 16, and Richie with 12. Back to your point about how the, the top five is kind of the core of the team. I think this bottom five is like kind of the future core of this team, like all the up-and-coming guys that you really yeah, want to sure. see producing and starting to produce more and more. Um, Kasha's really crept his way up the um, the team standings, I guess if we want to call him that. Lindholm, a, a guy who we kind of expect to replace Fowler in the coming years. Steele, Grant, and Richie. um, Uh, maybe more so Steele and Grant, guys that can hopefully play with Raquel and Sulferberg once uh, Getzlaff and potentially Henrique are gone. So, yeah, that's exactly what you want to see in terms of points and kind of how it's structured. Yeah, you nailed it on the head, so I'm not even going to try to add anything more to that. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Um, (laughs) When I was typing this up, I was like, these numbers seem kind of low. Like, maybe I can find another team that's maybe in a similar situation, uh, but doing better that I can say, oh, but, like, they got... Better team Because they're higher In the standings But yeah. guys with the same Amount of points And I did find one uh, Dallas Stars Played the exact same Number of games As us 53 so far um, And their their Points leaders go Sagan, Radulov And Ben So 39, 31, 27 Not really too far off The 35, 32, and 30 That we have um, Arguably a little bit better Because Silverberg Has more points Than Jamie Ben So Yeah
1: I think it's just more, if you're going to use that comparison, it's just more the execution that Dallas has is a bit better than what we have in Anaheim right now. And yeah. part of that could be the rebuild, part of that could be a new coach with a new system, and guys are still kind of working out the last few tweaks or that sort of thing. So there could be a, f- a few different things. Yeah, um, um, Where
0: where I'm going to kind of make my point here is once you yeah, get further down the list, um, uh, we'll start at seventh place, Klingberg and Lindell tied with 22, Guryanov with 20, and... Facts are with 18. Uh, so really, the bottom, I guess, four of this team, um, Klingberg and Lindholm are close. But then, as you start to get down, um, the the guys in their bottom ten, or sorry, top ten, and even just below that, have considerably more points, like close to eight or ten more than than ours that are at the bottom of that top 10. So I think where they really make up for it is their depth and maybe that's where yeah, we need exactly. help as well. So. Well, and
1: that's, and that's like, it goes back to what I just said as well. It's just the execution of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. just that those lower guys are even able to contribute more. Um, and that's why they're higher in the standings. If you're going to use that kind of comparable. So yeah,
0: for sure. I also looked at Chicago. I'm not going to go through theirs as well, um, but uh, they've also played 53 games. So that's why I looked at them. Um, they really have similar numbers to our guys as well. They're fighting for a wild card right now. The only stand out is they have Taves and kane Yeah, so. I was gonna say it's Patty Kane, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they and those guys, I think, are one in, I think, one and two on the team. Um, Probably for them. Yeah, there might I'd be, be another, surprised if not. Yeah, they might be one in three, but either way, they're up there, and they have like fifty, sixty points. You yeah, know. so it's. We're missing something. Whether in a superstar, which I don't think we need because we have Raquel Silverberg, Henrik uh, Kasha coming up, Getslavs still like those guys are really the top six. There's not really room for a, a quote unquote superstar. Yeah. I think where we need help is the depth to really support those guys. So yeah, maybe pull pulled sure. more of the Dallas Stars model. Yeah, just to look at points and try and help this team. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right, let's move on to upcoming games to finish off the podcast here. we got three to talk about, so the Ducks are busy, busy this weekend. Busy, busy, which means we're going to be busy, busy. <laughs> yes, next episode for sure. And and I guess watching all these games too. Cool. <laughs> um, but the first one is actually tonight, if you are listening to this on Thursday when it comes out, February 6th at the Montreal Canadiens. Game is at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. This is the first time that we have played Montreal this season, so we'll get kind of in depth into their lines.
1: We're taking on the French. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that. I'm I'm Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not French Canadian, but I'm Canadian. Canadian,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, So taking a look at the top Montreal scorers here. Do you have that pulled up,
1: Nate? So uh, leading the Montreal Canadiens for the top three in points, you got uh, Thomas Tata. Uh, he's played fifty five games, has twenty goals, thirty assists for fifty points. Uh below him you have Philip Denal, who's played fifty five games as well, twelve goals and twenty seven assists for thirty nine points. That's a bit of a drop there in points and I think really shows how Tatar has been really a uh
0: powerhouse?
1: Yeah, and kind of a yeah. <laughs> oh, man because like I remember seeing that trade it was them in Vegas for like Tatar was part of that package for uh uh, Oh, it's Yeah, He's part of that And uh, yeah, Tatar has definitely been worthwhile And I think Vegas maybe is kind of kicking themselves right now Yeah, although um, they do
0: have Pacioretty who's been unreal Yeah, well, it's so. true
1: So it's kind of a, a star for not who you
0: expected to be a star But they're both doing really well on their respective teams yeah. So don't complain there
1: uh, And then third for the Canadians You have Max Domi 55 games once again uh, 13 goals, 23 assists, 436 points on the
0: season Nice Weber's not too far behind 34 points good for fifth on the team as well
1: yeah and then just just before him like in between Domi and Weber you have uh, Brendan Gallagher who's played 45 games Uh, I think he was gone for with injury for a little bit there Uh, 17 goals 18 assists for 35 points so
0: I didn't even see that he'd played 10 less games so man if he would have played those 10 games he could be up there with Tatar as well yeah exactly
1: yeah he's played yeah 10 less games than the top five altogether has yeah
0: um and yeah, it's like right in there, so that's that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallagher is actually currently playing on that top line with Tatar and Dano. and yeah, obviously something's clicking there because they are putting up the points. Yup. Ilya Kovalchuk is on the second line. Uh, he has been really good since coming to Montreal. There from not really from LA and directly from LA, I guess. Yeah, but uh,
1: at the same time, nobody expected
0: this whatsoever. No, so they expected
1: I, like maybe a couple goals, like just a little bit better production than LA, but not at the pace he's been going.
0: So. Yeah. I think he might slow down a little bit. It's kind of like the new, getting the new coach sort of mentality where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm on this new team. I need to impress people and really earn my spot. Yeah. I think some of it might be that, but the way already, you can't complain I think he can,
1: has kind of hit that. Um, but it, I think it does show at least that he can still be an impact player. Um, even if you started to have like that bit of the point slump, uh, he'll still
0: be a factor, I guess, for Montreal coming down the stretch for sure, which is huge for them. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this, though. Uh, Kovalchuk is playing with Nick Suzuki and Joel Armia on that second line. Third line, Arturi Lekkanen with Max Domi and Nick Cousins. Um, I, I think those two and three lines are interchangeable Yeah, for I sure. was like,
1: Domi on the third line,
0: what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then fourth line is Ryan Poling with Nate Thompson and Dale Weiss.
1: At first, I thought you said Nate Thompson. I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to be in Montreal Nate, right now? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, Nate Thompson. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, f- I forgot he's on Montreal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, defensive pairings: Ben Chirac with Shea Weber. Second pairing: Brett Kulak with Jeff Petrie and Marco Scandella and Christian Folan round out the third pairing. There. Any comments about those? Sorry, players? who did you
1: say Weber's with?
0: Ben Chirot.
1: Oh, Okay, yeah. Now I now I remember him. Um, the rest of those are like. Like they're recognizable names, but yeah, Chirac kind of threw me for a loop there. I was like, he's playing with Weber. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that it really by name, that should be a strong defense, but Montreal's, I mean, they've had injuries, but they've had their issues on the back end, especially this year as well. They really have. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind sure. of
1: surprising coming from that group that you just read. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just looking at injuries here. I saw jo- or I know Jonathan Drew is out, but uh oh, Carry Price is just sick, not injured. Okay. Oh, okay. They had him on injuries, but just ill. The Canadian in both of us just went, "What?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> like even if you don't cheer for Montreal, you're the Canadian, you're like Carrie Price. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have the goalie stats that you want to go through as well? Yes, I do because that's actually on the same web page. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so Carry Price just taking on the load for this Montreal squad has played 44 games out of the 55. Jeez. Uh has a 22-18 and 4 record, a 275 uh goals against and a 9-1-1 save percentage. So those are those are carry price numbers. Those are great numbers, but um I think it was yeah, it was Adam Wild on the Steve Dangle podcast uh, had talked about like pretty much the only way that Montreal makes the playoffs is if Price is like a nine one seven or higher in the save percentage, because like he is really the backbone of that team and really the only reason they would make playoffs. I would say, um, but yeah, so like these are great numbers for anybody else, but for Carey Price, those are those are almost kind of like borderline. Scary in a way, just because of like the elite status that he's had, and now he has also the massive contract to back it up, which oh, he's yeah. only on the first year of right now.
0: Yeah, which is so scary for sure. Uh,
1: and then backing him up, uh, I know they've had a couple different guys, so this is why it may seem a little odd as well. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, though, uh, has played four games, has a one three and oh record, a three four eight goals against average, and a eight eight zero save percentage. So not the greatest, but again, he hasn't had too many games so far. He's a rookie goaltender, I believe, this season as well. So just kind of still getting used to the NHL waters, I guess. And if you want to put it that way.
0: All right. Do you have a score prediction for us in this
1: game? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think the Ducks can play really well, especially coming off of this game against Ottawa. This is just kind of, like the Canadiens are kind of a team that's just if you want to kind of like rank in terms of like levels of. Um, uh, how would I put it, like eliteness, if that makes sense. Montreal is kind of like the next step up from Ottawa, I would say. So um, I still think we, like this is kind of the area that I'd say we are in. Um, So I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to call a 3-2 win uh, for the Ducks. And uh, I saw that you would put your goalie prediction because this is the first half of a back-to-back. You would put like your goalie prediction as to who we're going to put in that. Um, so I'm going to call Ryan Miller starts this game um, just with seeing as who we're going to play the day after.
0: Okay. I also had a 3-2 win for pretty much the same reasons you just said. Uh, I had John Gibson, though, starting this one. I think Eakins is more the coach to just start your first goaltender first, see how he does, and then uh, if he doesn't get a shutout, basically, you put in the backup. So Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the second half of this back-to-back then against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Same time four o'clock Pacific seven Eastern. Also the first meeting of the season. Do you want to give us some points for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh my goodness.
1: Uh, Austin Matthews leads the team in points. He has played 53 games, has 37 goals, 25 assists for 62 points on the year. So far, Mitch Marner is right behind him. 42 games played. He was injured for quite a while there uh, with, I believe it was his ankle, Uh, 14 goals, 39 assists for 53 points. And then William Nylander, 53 games played, 25 goals, 23 assists for 48 points. I got to say that contract that everybody was saying that, oh, this is maybe too high. That's looking pretty good right now. just got to say. say. So,
0: yeah. Um, and also, this doesn't include points from tonight. They're currently facing the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they're, well, they're going to lose 5-3 games basically over now. Uh, so give Matthews two points and Marner and Nylander an extra one as well. Dang. Line combinations for the Leafs. Uh, this is going to scare a lot of people. <laughs> um, Zach Hyman, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Second line, Alex Kerfoot, John Taveras, William Nylander. That's got to be the most disgusting top six you could possibly have.
1: Now imagine if they could have kept Kadri in that as well. Oh, man.
0: there There isn't even room for Kadri. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: honestly. Throw him on a wing instead of uh, instead of Kerfoot there or Hyman. Yeah.
0: Like, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, third line, Andreas Janssen, Pierre Engvall, and Kasperi Kapanen. Solid third line as well. And Trevor Moore, Jason Spezza, and Dimitro Timishov on the fourth line. So good checking fourth line and just three powerhouses on Man, yeah, the the third line isn't even you can't even really call a powerhouse compared to the top two, but it is a really strong third line. So
1: yeah, for sure. And uh, the one thing as well is like uh, since the addition of Sheldon Keith, I guess like in the removal of Mike Babcock, these lines and these players specifically have been, in my opinion, utilized a lot better as well, um, which allowed the Leafs to do a lot better when uh, Keith came in. Not only is it like kind of what you're talking about with kovalchuk of like oh i got a new team now it's oh we got a new coach we got to impress them and that sort of thing but just overall i feel they've done a lot better as a forward unit and been able to actually work the way they should and they were kind of designed by kyle dubas
0: so. for sure yeah uh defensive pairings kind of in the same way uh have have really improved under keith uh, right now they've got jake muzzin with justin hall Travis Dermott with Tyson Berry and Rasmus Sandin with Cody Ceci. Obviously, Morgan Riley's missing. He's going to be out for uh, for the rest of the regular season playoffs. Maybe he'll be back, but yeah, um, still a scary defense without him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, with that injury to Riley, uh, the Leafs are definitely going to be looking for a top-tier defenseman uh, for that back end. Good thing they
0: got lots of forwards they can kick off.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one name that floats around I've seen a lot for them is uh, Kasperi Kaplan. Mm-hmm. And I have seen ties to Calgary potentially for a TJ Brody. Um, as a Flames fan, I kind of like the idea of that. I, that's something I'd be willing to give up. But uh, yeah, I know that, that Leafs defense as well. Uh, same thing as the forward lines have like actually been able to work the way they should and uh, have been... Pretty well, I'd say, for the most part. So,
0: mm-hmm. all right. Well, do you want to give us some goalie stats here for Anderson and Hutchinson?
1: Sure. We also have a, a third goalie in here. Oh, so yeah. to start it off, though, with Freddie Anderson, uh, former Anaheim Duck. Uh, he has played forty-two games this year. Has twenty-four. Is, is sorry. Has a twenty-four nine and six record. Which wow. Um, a two point eight seven goals against and a nine one zero save percentage. Uh, yeah, Anderson's really been a backbone of this team. Uh, currently, everybody's kind of unov- or unsure of uh, his situation. He had a bit of a collision there against their in their game against Florida the other night. So he's kind of an unknown uh, coming up against Anaheim here if he's going to be on the ice, on the bench, or up in the press box. Uh, Michael Hutchinson has been the backup for most of this season. He's played 14 games. Has a 4-8-1 record. A three six two goals against and an eight eight six uh, save percentage. Uh, he's the exact same as what I just said with uh, the forwards and the defense. He's actually being utilized a lot better um, before uh, Keith came in. Babcock was using him on the back end of back to backs every time, and it was always against a better team. So, like with with Babcock, he was really set up for failure. Under Keefe, he's done uh, a lot better and has been set up for more for success playing teams like Detroit instead of playing teams uh, like I'm going to say even like Pittsburgh or that sort of thing. So and then you also have uh, their third goalie there is uh, Kasimir Kak- Swo I believe I'm saying that right? Um, Couldn't tell you. <laughs> he's played one game up in the NHL uh, this year. Uh, has a zero one and 0 record. Uh, six goals against average, 8-4-2 save percentage. Uh, his one game also I
0: believe came under Mike Babcock, who yeah, threw him was in the exact
1: same situation as Hutchinson. And it was November
0: sixteenth like, against Pittsburgh. So yeah, that there you go. <laughs> yeah. Exa-
1: okay. So yeah, there's the Pittsburgh uh thing I was thinking of. Cause yeah, here let's take a rookie goalie. It says first ever NHL game. Let's throw him against the Pittsburgh Penguins on the second half of a back to back. Good luck. So like that's just throwing the kid to the wolves. <laughs> like Pretty that's much, yeah. so that like as a from a coaching standpoint, I like as
0: Casimir uh, there. I'd want to go. Well, all right, fuck you, Babcock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably did after the game. But yeah, um, yeah let's uh, get into score predictions for this one. Um, so I have a four-two loss in this one. Um, I don't like our chances against Toronto, um, e- even with. Out Anderson potentially, um, especially being the second half of back to back, uh, this late in a road trip. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going to call a loss here. Uh, Miller as well, since I said Gibson for the first one.
1: Yeah, so Gibson I think will be in net for this game against the Leafs just because they are a better team than the Canadians. Um, I also don't think we're going to get out of this with a win. Unfortunately, Uh, I'm going to call a four one loss. However, um, I'm going to say it's because they're going to be playing one of the backups. Uh, I'm going to say at least one of those goals is an empty net.
0: So, yeah. Um, so, this is also the first half of a back to back for the Leafs. So, who do you think we're going to see in this one? Um, either Anderson or Hutch- Hutchinson or potentially Cascasso as well. Because the next game is against uh, Montreal. So, good division rival there. Uh,
1: okay. So, if we're having Anderson in, then we're going to see Hutchinson. If Anderson isn't out, we're going to see uh, Kasky Squib. I think either way, we're going to see the backup in this situation, um, part because Montreal is a rival. Uh, also, I just feel that even though I, I know I just said that like we're in the same kind of area as them, uh, Toronto and Montreal games, um, Montreal's been with the Leafs for a good portion of it. Um, if that makes sense, what I just tried to say yeah. there. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. From a Toronto um, standpoint, I think they're going to play who is their starter at the time against Montreal instead of us.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. So uh, last game we got to talk about here before we wrap up the episode is against the Buffalo Sabres. This will be the last game of the kind of big Eastern trek that the Ducks are currently on. This game is at 12 Pacific, 12 noon and 3 p.m. Eastern time on February 9th. Which is the Sunday. It is the Sunday.
1: So you can wake up, make some nice breakfast or brunch, I guess, sit down and watch this game. Mm -hmm.
0: Brunch or breakfast, depending on what time it is. Yeah. Wherever you are. Lunch.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking for Pacific. Yeah. So, no,
0: for sure. We have played Buffalo already. Uh, I guess it would be at home. This was a 5 2 win for the Ducks back on October 16th. So pretty early in the season, but still pretty good because Buffalo started the season quite strong. They did. Um, Do you want to give us some? points for buffalo
1: yeah so uh same thing again wow uh for certain guys here uh jack eichel is leading the team and having what could be an mvp season honestly for this uh buffalo squad Definitely. depending on if he can drag them to the playoffs or not uh jack eichel has played 52 games has 31 goals 35 assists for 66 points uh sam Reinhart is just behind him there 53 games played 19 goals, 25 assists for 44 points. And Victor Olsson, 42 games played, 16 goals, 19 assists for 35 points.
0: Yeah. What you were talking about there with Jack Eichel, it's unreal what he's been able to do so far this season. And he's showing no signs of slowing down. Um, he's very frustrated that he hasn't made the playoffs. Uh, has he made? No, hasn't made the playoffs yet in his career. Or if he has, it hasn't gone. No, they haven't.
1: Way. They haven't at all.
0: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you can tell he's playing with a lot of passion, and it's really showing on the score sheet as well as in the game. Um, And Victor Olofsson as well, um, rookie this year, putting up 35 points in 42 games, pretty solid numbers. He's going to be pretty good in a few years, I would say.
1: Yeah, uh, to go, I know we're, we're going to probably stick on Eichel here for a little bit, but just taking a look here, Eichel leads the team in goals, assists, and points. Um, in terms of goals, probably leads him in save
0: percentage too. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: in terms of goals, um, he's in again, he's in first with Sam Reinhardt, Reinhardt being in second, so it's 31 to 19. Uh, if you're looking at assists, uh, it's him and uh, Ross Mastalin actually, um, who's sitting in that fourth spot, so we can talk about him really quick here. He's got 44 games played, three goals, 27 assists for 30 points. Uh, so again, Eichel 35 assists to Dalin's 27. So, like when we say that Eichel is dragging this team to find a postseason berth for the first time in how many years, um, he's literally dragging this team and leading the way. So,
0: oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's just unreal what he's been able to do. Um, I honestly have nothing more to add besides that he's just really good. So, uh, why don't we talk about Rasmus Dalin a little bit? Uh, first, not first overall pick, second. second last year two years ago yeah yes yeah yeah, i think it was last year yeah yeah Yeah. uh 30 points in 44 games as a defenseman unreal
1: yeah he's been doing great and he's been living up to the hype i'd say so far especially with uh you know buffalo not maybe living up to expectations so far like there was i'd say for buffalo this year was like they could make the playoffs they could also just miss out um it wasn't supposed to be as bad as it had been in the past and maybe as bad as it is now Um, or has been, I guess, the last little bit. But um, yeah, Darlene definitely living up so far to what was projected of him. And I only see this kid going up.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, Rasmus Ristolainen too. You can't really talk about uh, Dalene without talking about him. Um, Another strong Swedish defenseman on this Buffalo team as well. In 53 games, so nine more games than Darlene has played, he has six less points than Darlene, 24 points in 53 games, as opposed to Darlene's 30 and 44. So uh, it, it looks like Darlene really wants to prove that he can play on this team as well as a defenseman. Because, I mean, both of these Rasmuses are are strong offensive defensemen with very similar potentials. And it looks like Darlene just wants to, to prove that more, almost. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, the one disappointment, I guess I would say, from a Buffalo perspective, is uh, Jeff Skinner. He has 11 goals and 8 assists for 19 points this year. Didn't he have like 40 goals last year and then they signed him to a huge contract?
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's <laughs>
1: not looking good so far.
0: Yeah, he was playing for his contract for sure and then this year has really kind of taken a back seat. Yeah, he had exactly 40 goals in 82 games last year. Total of 63 points. Um, n- not even close to that. He's not even year. had a third of that yet. No. Nope. <laughs> and, and he's played just over half a season, like the equivalent of... So forty three games. That's brutal. Yeah, um, yeah, not looking. Sorry, good Buffalo there. fans, but that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, one day it'll work out for you. I, I know the pain as a, an Oilers fan. So um, <laughs> uh, just just keep on hoping. Um, looking at the lines here for Buffalo, Jimmy VC is playing with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. Connor Sheary is playing with Marcus Johansson and Michael Frolik for the second line. Lots of offense on those top two lines as well. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Skinner has been, I guess, probably demoted to the third line. He's playing with Evan Rodriguez and Rasmus Asplund. And fourth line is the big boys, Johan Larson, centering Zemgis Jurgensens. I feel like I always say that one wrong, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Jurgensens. And, and John Sebastian D. is also on that fourth line.
1: There you go. They actually did pretty good with those names. <laughs> Buffalo does have some names that they can be pretty, per, yeah, pretty sure. uh, hard
0: to do. Yeah. Defensive pairings: We got former Anaheim Ducks le- legend Brandon Montour playing with Rasmus Ristolainen Hi, on that first yeah. pairing. Oh yeah! Sp- uh, speaking of which, did you hear what Kadri said to to Buff uh, to Montour um, the other night? No, I didn't. No, they were like in a scrum, and he's like, "You're a shit defenseman on a shit team." <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's hard to cheer back when it's.
1: Uh, like a, when it's unfortunately true, <laughs> <laughs>
0: at least about the team part. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know about the shit defenseman <laughs> part, but <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's some troops you just don't come back from. Yeah, um, second pairing here we've got Jake McCabe with Henry Yuka Yuki Haru. and third pairing Lawrence Pilot with Colin Miller. Stalin hurt right now, where is he? Oh. Yeah, he's hurt. Oh my God, That's a few
1: injuries and a half. <laughs>
0: yeah, they've got eight, eight. injuries. Yeah. Oh, I've got forgot, I've got was is supposed to be on this team. He's been out. Has he been. I don't think he's played a game all season. Um, I think he's been out since the postseason. No,
1: he has. Uh,
0: oh no, he was just injured back in January. Yeah, he's he, played 40 games. Has 12 points. Oh, so he just was wasn't noticeable until yeah. his injury. So, uh, yeah, um, really really not looking good. They're also missing Linus Allmark. Uh, they're, I guess, one A or one B, wh- whichever one you want. Yeah, to Yeah, he him. is.
1: He is leading the team in wins.
0: Okay. Um, how long has he been out for? Is he projected to come back? I am not three sure. to four weeks as a injured just uh, last week. So yeah, we're not going to see him. Probably not. So yeah, we'll have Carter Hutton and who is their backup right now?
1: Uh, taking a look here. It looks like oh Jonas uh, Johansson. Okay. So you want me to just get into that right now? Might as well. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll start with Almark, who won't be playing in this game, but uh, he has led this uh, led in starts at least for uh, this Buffalo squad. Uh, Thirty three games played, sixteen, fourteen, and three record, a two seven two goals against, and a nine one four save percentage, um, which I think shows that Allmark really has been a uh, a strong point to this team. And without him, it's a lot. Bleaker than it should be. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, following behind him, you have Carter Hutton, uh, who I think has had done pretty well uh, for Buffalo, given even his kind of points or that. Um, or maybe I'm just thinking of last year. Actually, now that I look at these, uh, he's played 21 games to a seven nine and four record, a 3.30 goals against, and a 8-9-1 save percentage. And then third, you have Jonas Johansson, who uh, he's only played one game so far this year. Uh, and it looks like he was pulled. No, wouldn't be pulled. Sorry, but must have uh, just been a relief because he's only played 30 minutes, uh, so he has no record officially. Uh, a 203 goals against and a 929 save percentage in those 30 minutes. Uh, that's one goal on 14 shots total he's faced in the NHL so far, <laughs> and taking. That was against l- Colorado as well. So yeah, I'm taking a. Was l- it was Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's played 29 34. Um so yeah, I don't know if he got if he got pulled in that game for some reason or yeah, I'm, I'm assuming with numbers like that it was in relief but I'm not sure even what uh what the final score in that game was.
0: Uh that was a 6 to 1 win for Colorado so oh, I'm so guessing it that it was in relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh so with that in mind, do you have a score prediction for us for this game against the Sabres?
1: Yeah, so I feel like like we have a pretty good offense. If we stay healthy, we have a chance against this Buffalo squad. Buffalo, however, has Jack Eichel. And I think that's honestly the deciding factor between this um, is basically going to be Jack Eichel against our defense um, I'm going to call it a 3-2 win. However, I'm going to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to call it an overtime win. So,
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to say pretty close as well, 4-2 win, potentially one of those being empty netters. I, I think that the, the fatigue of this road trip is going to start to catch up with the team a little bit, especially being the third game in four days as well. The Leafs and the Canadians aren't going to be easy games either whether they're blowouts or not. So I think this is just going to be really tough physically on the Ducks, but I think that we can still come out with the win. Um, Like you said, I think we might just overcome the Jack Eichel effect. Our defense has looked really solid the last few games. So, yeah, that's what I'm calling.
1: So I guess overall, we've talked about the Ottawa game already, which is the first on the Eastern Road Swing. So we're predicting three out of four wins. That's pretty good, I'd say.
0: I'd say so. So. Um, I, I did see somewhere today that the Ducks have won, or before they... Before the All Star game, before the Ottawa game, no, oh, the Ducks had won four of their last six on the road, which I think goes or just four just, of the last just six. in general. Okay, which I, I think them. goes back to the um, just before the All Star game as well. Yeah, uh, I do want to double check the just fact check because it
1: seems kind of wrong, but fact checking is a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in our position right here.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, actually, we have won five of our five of our last seven going back to uh the game just before the all-star break against nashville or the games against nashville and carolina there you go yeah uh only two losses in that span and those were against san jose and tampa bay that's a that's a
1: playoff round win plus a game exactly pretty good (laughs) yeah that's a playoff
0: round win plus a a game up on the, the next round yeah yeah, I like that.
1: Me too. We're not going to make the playoffs, which is unfortunate.
0: We, we can like have our own little mini playoffs to yeah. end out the season, though. Yeah, exactly. So if we win the last game, then we can pretend we won the Stanley Cup. Woo! Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. Can we get just as drunk? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. This podcast, as always, is a production of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to listen to more podcasts from the perspectives of other teams, be sure to check out the other shows on the Hockey Podcast Network. They have one for each of the 31 NHL teams, plus... Uh, two, I guess, extra bonus podcasts if you want to call them that as well. Love bonuses. <laughs> yeah. Those come out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. The two bonus ones, I believe come out Friday, Saturday. All shows are slowly getting their own feed on Spotify and Google play. Um, you'll be able to find the feeds now. Apple podcast is just a little bit behind. Uh, it might be out Monday, uh, if not probably by Thursday at the latest, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Quack Report Pod, and you can follow the network at Net. If you want to hear more from us, you can also listen to our own show, The Shooting Around Show, with new episodes coming every Monday wherever you listen to your podcasts. This show, we talk everything hockey, so if you want to broaden your scope a little bit, you can listen to that one. You can follow us on Twitter at Shooting Around. Thank you guys for listening, and go Ducks, Go.